Yeah, I think it's a positive for our industry. So I think our image is getting better. And I think let's give ourselves a little credit. Let's not just say, oh, well, people aren't working and they're getting free government money and they they don't have anything else to do, so they go bull. You know what? Let, let's give ourselves a little credit. We are the place that people can go as a family, have a good time. They can go together as friends, have a good time. And look at maybe we've gotten a little better at what we've done. Awesome. So thanks so much for coming on today, Mike. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I think it's going to be one of the best ones we've done. So for the people who haven't met you, I don't know if there's many out there in the bowling industry, but those who haven't, tell us about the companies you're working with and what you're up to today. All right. Yeah, it was great to be here for us. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you about bowling. I, I currently operate, my main job is president of Station 300 Group. We currently have four bowling centers, a couple in Michigan, one in Georgia, and one down in South Carolina. Basic FEC hybrid concept, bowling, food, arcade, and always looking for more revenue streams. But then I also am one of the managing partners of the Hansel Group. That we put buyers and sellers together to try to keep bowling going and, and not see our bowling centers torn down across the country. So right. it's always fun to get some new fresh blood in the industry. So I always enjoy that. And then we have First Frame Bowling Group, which is a management company. We do a lot of management services. And, and most of the time now we focus on helping people work through the issues that we're all facing, right, in the industry, anything from staffing and training to we do a lot of fiscal work. My partner, mm -hmm. Travis Harper, writes a lot of articles in the industry. Right magazines and discussing P&Ls and inventory and things of that nature. So, and then our, our last portion of that, we just agreed to sign on and work with Cubica and we're going to help them do their training with their DASL program yeah. to help centers get that set up, which is a, a really nice tool to work with when you can get your numbers, your sales numbers mm -hmm. set into your categories on your QuickBooks program and one big last step and you don't have to worry about dealing with an accountant to do that type of work or pay someone to do data entry so right. that's that's what we're focusing on right now so that's pretty much um, mm -hmm. what i'm doing today awesome so tell me a little bit about maybe some of the things that have led you into it you've had some centers before and you've been around the industry for a while just give me a quick run through of, of how you got here we started out in the the bowling business by just Enjoying bowling as a kid. Uh, dad took me to the bowling center. I loved it. We got in the league, bold league. And just through high school, one of my friends that I met, Dale Strike, his father was a general manager of a, of a bowling center in my hometown. And a high school kid gets their first job and started working in bowling and loved it. Mm -hmm. And just uh, always stuck with it. And um, I bowled collegiately at Saginaw Valley and, and worked part-time at, at the center. And uh, I just decided this is what I wanted to do. And a friend of mine told me, hey, if you really want to learn the business, you need to work for like Brunswick or Fairlanes, which were the yeah. chain back then sure. in the uh, mid-80s. So I did, went to work for Fairlanes and learned a lot about P&L statements and cost controls and the basic 101s. And then just from there went on and Worked uh, for Fairlanes and a few independents and then bought a few centers of my own along the way and always just loved the operation side of it, which has mm -hmm. led me to stay in the business now going on about 40 years. Yeah. 
You'll always have a job in, in operations. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's very cool. So yeah, tell me a little bit then, speaking of operations, some of the stuff that's working well for you and your four centers today, and maybe even some of your consulting clients. What's some of the stuff you're seeing? You talked a lot about how to actually get a league rolling and doing the, the hard work of being out there on the floor. Tell me a little bit about some of the stuff you see working. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm one of those guys that still believe that I was taught a lot of really, really good rules and ways that were pretty much set in the industry back in the day where, you know, you, you get your database, you make sure you call your bowlers before leagues, you send them reminder notices, you, you get down in the, in the pits and just talk to your bowlers and and ask Mm -hmm. them to bowl in leagues and get to know your people. And I think so many times in, in the last, let's call it the, the internet era, right? Where we can just send out an email and then it was a text and now it's social media and Facebook. Everybody thinks it's a magic pill that you you just put it on Facebook and Mm -hmm. we'll get bowlers. And we really focus very hard on still trying to have that one-on-one relationship in our centers with our bowlers. And and you, you, you have to ask people to join a league. Yeah, sending stuff out on Facebook and email blast. People see it. They think about it. But everybody likes to be invited. You, you want to yeah. be invited to the party, right? Right. So I, I think that's what we focus mostly on, keeping it old school. And we still do work social media. We still work databases. But we try to really make it to where... Our, our people relate to their customers. And I, I took one of my other fees up to a couple of our centers in Michigan the other day to talk about some of the improvements we want to make in the F&B area and, and such. And the first thing he noticed about the, the one center that we were at, he goes, wow, look at how all of our, how their people are engaged with the bowlers. The assistant manager's out talking to people, our yeah. waitresses. There was a much more engagement than our other center which is a little bit more modern and, and newer way of doing things in South Carolina. So it was mm-hmm. great to see him notice that. Yeah. And, and I think the, the one thing that you talk about, about what's working is I think sometimes we just forget how important it is just to watch. Mm-hmm. And that's all he was doing. He was just watching. Yeah. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in things and sometimes we just forget to sit back and just watch what's really going on in your center. Watch that person walk into your building and see what they do when they get over to the arcade area and, and see what their interaction is with the kiosk or did they go to the the, the person at the counter to help them get a card yeah. and, and just see how your people interact. And I think it's so important. And I, I think we would really learn a lot. I mean, I know I, I do it all the time and I've talked to several other good operators, Kevin Walters, who has pinheads in Indiana. He, he goes, I sit in the car and watch people walk out to see if they have a smile on their face. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> right. I think I think we need to get back to what's working for us is we like to do have a ball leagues. We like to do special events every quarter. And we just really try to give it a really good service experience. And be perfect all the time. Absolutely not. Oh, sure. I'm not going to say that we do everything right all the time, but but our, that's our philosophy. That's what we try mm-hmm. to project to our, our customer base, that they're going to come in, they're going to get a quality product at, at a fair price, and the machines are going to go up and down. The ball's going to be coming back every time, and mm-hmm. the food's good, and the beer's cold. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's our, our goal every day. We, we're not going to try to do something we can't. So I think keeping it simple and and just focusing on the quality of what you're offering from the customer service to your product, you're going to win. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like the, you, I, I, I like your approach because like you said, a lot of people are looking for that magic bullet or that secret recipe kind of thing. And your approach has always been now it's just do the, do the blocking and tackling the fundamentals and people are going to have a great time and come back. And I always like that about your approach. Yeah, I, I think it's true. And I, I always say that some of us that have been in the business a long time, we're probably not the smartest people in the world because we've just been in bowling. But right. but what we do know, because most guys that really put their their heart and soul into the industry, and, and you've met a lot of them over your time of mm -hmm. uh, bringing new clients in, uh, onto your platform, is that the guys that have done it, I mean, they do it because of the love of the sport and yeah. love of, of the business. So right, their customers. Exactly. Look at they've tried everything. We might not be the smartest, but you know, we didn't miss the obvious. If there was an easier way and a better way to do it, we'd be doing it, right? Right. Mm -hmm. All these other things that come along in technology and, and social media, th those are just another tool to help. But right. at the end of the other day, it's still what the people that come into your business see you do. That's yeah. what impresses them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, that's another fundamental that I've heard you talk about a lot that you seem to have a good knack for is kind of that culture building and spotting good people. Could you talk a little bit about that and maybe some of the things you look for? Because you've talked about a couple of different instances where you saw something in someone and offered them to for a placement with maybe like the Bull Connect and people didn't see what you saw. And then it turns out that they did have those things innate in their in, in their ability. So talk to me a little bit about what you look for in someone who is a good manager, because that's such an integral part of a good center is a good manager, that, that leadership. Right, exactly. And, and I, I'm a believer, obviously being an operations manager myself for many years, when I worked for independence and I worked for chains, and the last thing anybody wants is somebody looking over their shoulder all the time, right? Right, And questioning everything you do. Yeah. Most people have a method to their madness. And if they don't, you'll, you'll see the weakness pretty quickly, right? Yeah. And it's still a people business. So the the thing that we look for and I look for is, is that person that has that personality and has the passion to be successful and love what they do. And I have a gentleman that works for me and I was hired on by this bowling center to to help them get it turned around and, and find a manager. They, they hired me in as a management company. And I was there for about two, three weeks, and I just kept watching. And I was watching that all the customers were going to the guy at the counter. Mm -hmm. The managers would be in the building. The owners would be in the building, and they would go to him. And I'm like, well, that's the dude right there, man. The, the, the bowlers like him. The bowlers yeah. trust him. And so I told that group that I said, your manager's right here. It's in the building. And I told them who it was, and they didn't believe me. <laughs> But they trusted me enough to to promote him, and uh, mm -hmm. he became the general manager, and things started turning around because he understood mm -hmm. what that clientele base was, what they were looking for. He understood mm -hmm. it, and and he was working the desk, so he knew the open play bowlers, he knew the league bowlers, and to this day, I was fortunate enough when we bought a bowling center in the area that he lived, and that he was available, so. Mm. He helped us open up Gainesville Bowling Center in Georgia, and he was 
general manager when we open and going on our third year, he's still the general manager and the numbers keep going up and he does a great job. So, and he applied for other center positions with larger companies. He was actually in the AMF system for a while Hmm. and he applied at other groups and people and they, some people have this idea of what somebody should be and what they should look like and how they should act. Well, again, there, there's something to be said for that. And I was lucky that I, that I found Cheyenne and, and we became friends and, and now working for me. And same thing, we have a young lady that worked at our center in South Carolina from the day it opened. And uh, when I took over that center, I asked about people and they did, she wasn't even on their radar. Not even, mm-hmm. not even on their radar. She, well, she, she's been here. And, you know. But then when I got there, I saw that she knew how to do everything in the building. From expoing and cooking to to running food and working the counter and doing the arcade and and uh, so I I made her our arcade manager and she got some more confidence and she showed me that she could lead and she could do what needed to be done and we just kept moving her up the ranks and she's now been our general manager in Bluffton for the last two and a half years and uh, we just keep beating prior year's numbers every year just go so hey. I, I think sometimes we, we we overlook what's right there in front of us. And that's been our right. focus. As we continue to have plans to grow, we're trying to train from within. And we feel we have two or three really good candidates in our system right now that if we were to buy another center, that we would be very confident in offering them that position. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, trying to build that that culture to 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 find your next replacement within your your system and and to trust your general managers to do the job i mean so many bowling centers want to hire a manager and then they don't even share the financials with them they don't yeah. let them know if they're doing good or bad right. or the, the how do we expect someone to be successful if we don't give them the resources to be successful right so think that that's why you're better off watching and 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 seeing how your people react and work with them and and try to build a positive culture and our all of our managers at our centers get to see each other's numbers i want i want that manager that's in fourth place to have the passion to not be in fourth place anymore right, right? i want them to know what they have to be and never and never do we ever geez you're still you're still on the bottom right. what's wrong give them the encouragement and and take the little steps to continue to improve and and give them more resources and revenue streams and and let them have the same resources as the guy that's in first place. Mm-hmm. And that's important too. You you have to take risks in this business. And, and I'm very fortunate to work for an ownership group that understands that. It's not afraid to reinvest. Always right. makes your job easier when you can always get the, the best that's out there and, right. and put the newest scoring and upgrade things when they need to be upgraded. So mm-hmm. we're in a very good position right now, but that, that's sort of what I try to look for. And I've been really lucky to have some people within. And, and the last thing too for us, I think is very important that we we forget to do, and I was guilty of this when I owned my own centers. I didn't send my managers to anything. Mm-hmm. I went. Yeah, right. So they need to be educated too. So right. if, you, if you can ever work it out to go to a state or a regional trade show, and I know there's not that many left anymore, but try to get them there. I know we've got a couple of our people in mm. the Carolinas, Georgia show was just these last couple of days. And, yeah. and we sent a couple of people there. And, uh, and don't forget uh, Bowling University to too. Yeah, exactly. Bowling University, Bowl Expo. 
Mm-hmm. You have great education at Bowl Expo. And right. then they get to meet a lot of people in the industry. Right. And I think that's important. I mean, I what I do in this industry is all based on the 40 years of, of getting to know people, mm-hmm. right? And you and I've had this talk. I mean, it's it's networking, right? Right. Right. You, mm-hmm. you, you've got a network. This is a very small industry, so it's not that difficult. Right. When you have a conversation with somebody after about five minutes, you pretty easy to find that you have a mutual acquaintance in this business. Right. Yeah. And I found that, and I think it's because of the dynamics of the market in bowling that there's usually only one center per town. It's not like they're all competing on the same corner. So that just as a consequence, the the industry is very open and sharing and giving. They'll tell you everything that's worked for them and what's working because they're you're down the street. You're not fighting over the same customer. So yeah, here's what worked for me. Everyone is that I've talked to is pretty much that way. It's really cool. Oh, absolutely. I, I, most I, industries aren't I, that way. No, it, you're absolutely right. I've never had an issue when I was in a market, even mm-hmm. if I was in a bigger market, everybody, look at they they all like to talk about their places. We're all proud of mm-hmm. them. Right. And you go on Facebook and look at the proprietor sites, man. There's always people asking questions. And every time somebody asks a question, they get about 300 comments, good or bad. Right. Mm, Right. But. But, but that's what you want if you're asking a question. You want opinions. So right. I, I agree with you. This is a great industry. And, and the vendors in this industry and the distributors in the industry, as well as the, the proprietors themselves, most people are always very, very giving with their time and information. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and you absolutely. take advantage of it. Yeah. So speaking of which, let's see if we can get some information out of you, out of something that's been a struggle for a lot of centers that you've been working on is staffing. So yeah. tell me a little bit, maybe about some of the things that's worked for you in the past or that you're doing today, or what, what are you doing with Bull Connect and how are you tackling this for the industry? Well, it, it, it's it's at such an infancy stage, Bull Connect. I, mm-hmm. I did it out of the, the frustration of what we just talked about, putting stuff on Facebook and yeah. we were looking for a, a mechanic and I put something out there and all of a sudden I got all these people, oh, somebody got fired or this or that. And it's, I'm like, why is this guy even commenting on this if he's not mm. looking for a job, right? I, I posted it as a position. right? And I'm like, okay, the, the one thing about this industry that I've always tried to do in the last, well, it hasn't been my whole career, obviously, but the last 10 to 15 years is I finally made the decision that I'm a professional. This is what I do and I'm good at it and I'm not going to be ashamed of it anymore. So what am I going to do to, to make things better for somebody? So we, we started Bowl Connect and, and it's just really a platform for clients to come on there and, and say, hey, I need a mechanic or hey, I need a manager or hey, I'm looking for a food and beverage person. Mm-hmm. And it started out at the higher levels because obviously, look, if you're looking for a counter guy, I'm not going to get somebody moving from California to Pennsylvania to take a $15 an hour job. It's not going to work. So we started out at a very high end level and and it's gotten stronger and better. We're getting more and more people involved. But I I think the the key to that, we're starting to get people that they feel confident now that if they do want to look for another position, we're we're a confidential and it's a professional setting. We're, We're putting two, two people together that, are wanting the same thing. Someone looking for a job and someone looking to hire somebody. Mm-hmm. So as far as that goes, that's been very helpful. And you know what, what we tell people all the time and you know, people that use us is, look, you just can't stop. You're going to go through 10 to find one. 
In today's sure. market, you're probably going to go through 20 to right. find one, to even show up to the interview, <laughs> right? right? So we're, we're relying a lot on, on our current employees to find friends and to talk to customers, posting things, putting stuff up on your screens, putting them everywhere you can. A lot of people are using the Indeeds and such, but we really haven't had a lot of luck through that because mm-hmm. a lot of the people just post their resume. And if they, you meet a couple of the criteria, you automatically get a resume sent right. to you. Yep. And then you can't get the person to respond because they have no idea of what you're actually looking for. And, and they don't know anything about bowling. So they're like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to answer the call. Right. So I mean, we're out there grinding it like everybody else. And as you and I talked earlier this last week, we've been discussing another opportunity using email blasts and stuff mm-hmm. and, and try to use uh, some different ways to to interview people, these young kids today, we I told our managers to start offering a Facebook interview. I mean, excuse me, not Facebook, a FaceTime interview. Right. And let's not intimidate them when they immediately walk in the door because we get a lot of people don't even show up. And I think a lot of it is they're mm. afraid. Right. So yeah. they're used to holding that four inch screen in front of their face, right? The younger right. people. Hey, meet hey, them where they, they, yeah, they are. Yeah. So let's do a FaceTime interview and we'll take the FaceTime interview and then say, Hey, if you're really interested, we'd love to come in and just show you around the center. A lot of people have luck with just doing the casting call and having everybody come to their center. That's great. Mm -hmm. You just got to make sure that you have more than one person trying to do it all. You know, you want to never leave anybody standing by themselves and not feeling like they're getting attention. That's the only reason I'm not a big fan of those, but it works in some places. Better than others. If you can get the applicants, yeah. And in the other some thing, some can, that, some can't. Yeah, it, it, and you know what? What my biggest pet peeve, and I saw this when I was at one of my clients' bowling centers, and they just got done complaining to me how they can't get any. And somebody came in and filled an application. Mm-hmm. While I was there, and the desk person made a comment to the manager and said, "Hey, this person's over." Here. Well, all right. Well, tell them I'll call them. I said, "No." I said, go, go talk to them yeah, right, right now. Yeah. Well, you just got done complaining. No one comes in. Go do it. Right. And, and unfortunately, I, I think that happens more than we want to admit. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times they just don't have a good, smooth process. So someone apply and, and you're busy, obviously, especially this time of year, you're busy. You don't get back to them for a few days and they've moved on. They're no oh, longer they're interested or they found another job. You, I mean, you want to, they, they've done studies about how quickly to get to a lead, whether it's someone who's calling in for a birthday party or a- application. And they say if you're, you, it's 90% higher response rate if you get to them within five minutes. Absolutely. And we're taking five days. Mind. Exactly. You're we're on taking, the line. Mm-hmm. If you give them another five minutes, they're already calling the next place. They're gone. Yeah. They've, they've moved oh, on. No. The, jump, the jump park gave me a great deal. I'm happy with them. Right. Right. Exactly. So I, and communication is the key and, and even using communication, going back to the league stuff that we do and, and the promotions that we do in our centers and our, and our food and beverage, the biggest mistake that all of us make, because sometimes we just, you've got to let everybody know what's going on. That mm-hmm. desk person needs to know what your protocol is. If someone walks right. in the door and gives you an application. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our center is, all of our centers, we told all the managers, you find whoever the manager on duty is immediately, yeah. and you get them in front of that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And if you're going to run a, a have-a-ball league or you're going to run Taco Tuesday or whatever it is, 
you cannot have people in your center that don't know what you're doing. Right. I mean, hey, where do I have to go to find out more information about the new Rum Bucket League? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know anything about a Rum Bucket League, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You think they're going to so, go find out on their own? Exactly. So yeah. the communication is so important. And, and, and believe me, if centers do just do what I was telling about, just go in your center and mm -hmm. watch, you'll be shocked sometimes at what yeah. happens. And you're like, wow, how did I miss that? What's your protocol for the communication? You guys EOS followers or what do you guys use? No, you know, basically, <laughs> again, I'm not a really high tech dude or anything. I, I try to get my managers to have staff meetings every couple of weeks. Okay. And just talk mm -hmm. to their people, let them know what's going on. Yeah. Show them the flyers, talk about what's happening. Let people know, like we're getting ready now. We'll start pushing kids bowl free. This yeah. next week, we'll start promoting it because March 1, they can start signing up. And and right. in most of our centers, we put a laptop out at the front desk so we can register people right there at the center. Right, uh, right, yeah. And that helps uh, tremendously getting people signed up. And then also, too, they can explain the family path, the right. family program when they're there. Because a yeah. lot of people just go in there and they skip it because they don't want to pay any money because you tell them, oh, it doesn't cost anything other than your shoes, right? Mm -hmm. But if you explain the family pass and what, what value it is. So yeah, we I'm set sure up. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we push it really hard. And I mean, we have a new center that just came on board this summer. So and they've done Kids Bowl Free, but not to the extent we do. So we have a lot of training to do in that center. So mm -hmm. I, I just try to, again, keep my managers communicating. Some of the centers have their own little in-set communication, Facebook page with employees, stuff like that. Oh, nice. yeah. we, we haven't done that on a, on a corporate level um, mm -hmm. just because that's just not how I like to communicate. I spend 90% of my day on a telephone. Right. That's what I like to do. Some of them so, you can do voice notes. You can just talk yeah. into it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm old school, man. I'm 60 mm -hmm. now. So <laughs> trying to teach the old dog mm -hmm. new tricks sometimes right. is a little difficult. <laughs> so as you saw me trying to get on Zoom. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, you made it. We're here. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, that's cool. If everybody can do that, that that's great, man. I, yeah. I, I think it's fantastic. It's just not... It's just not me. So yeah. when it comes to technology, I'm not your dude that's going to rock sure. your world. Right. <laughs> so. yeah. Hey, the, the need is there. You found a way to meet it. That's all that matters. That's what we try to do, man. Yeah. Very cool. One other thing I wanted to talk to you about as being a guy who's really into the operations is the food and bev side. So yeah. I think that's a lot of times people is that's the one that's tough because it adds another layer of complexity and staff and bowling for the most part is, is relatively straightforward, but what do you do to run the food and bev side or what are some tips you could offer people on making sure that's smooth or improving that part of the operation? Well, I, again, I, I keep it really simple. And, and the one thing I, I really rely in, on heavily is that my managers put somebody else in charge other than them. I want that's somebody that's going to be, I want them to have that responsibility to understand. We can, we can train people how to put in orders and we can mm -hmm. train people on how to do inventory and we can show them where we want to be on cost control and how we come up with pricing, right? Yeah. I can do that. I can help with that, but you've got to have somebody that's, that's managing it all the time. And I think that was number one when I took on 
the centers and I started out with the one center and it was a full-fledged restaurant man they when I when I first took over I mean they had steak and pasta and yeah calamari and and but our costs were just out of line I, yeah. I didn't think the quality was that great mm-hmm. we were trying to compete with the outback that's a half a mile away why why would we do that right. so Fighting when we came game. in there was a we, we simplified everything to be sports bar oriented in in our all of our centers all, all four of our centers have a sports mm-hmm. bar and we just keep it really simple man we we do fresh hamburger patties we do fresh chicken wings uh, mm-hmm. by the 40 pound boxes we cut our own chicken breasts into our tenders we bread them ourselves we do our own pizza um mm-hmm. and yeah, i think i remember you saying those are the three things that every every center needs is those, yeah. those three menu items yeah we we don't have a big menu i mean our, our menu is one page mm-hmm. and we we just try to keep it really simple. We do a lot of shareables. We push happy hour at our places. And we we, we just don't try to do something that we can't do well. Right. And I, and right. I think that's the key to to the food of, of what we're doing. I mean, again, it's, it's we were trying to operate a business that didn't really reflect what our customer base was. Our customer base, most of the people are blue collar. They like sports. They like hanging out with their families. That's what, so that's what we focus on. What do you like? What do kids like to eat? Chicken tenders, burgers, pizza. Right. You know? So we have a couple of items. Obviously, we do the grilled chicken and we try to offer salads for those that want it. But for the most part, man, you're coming in, you're using your hands to eat. Right. Oh, you're bowling. (laughs) You want to eat with your hands. Dude. I'm telling you, yeah, your league bowlers aren't going to probably order a dozen wings while they're bowling, but they'll mm-hmm. do it before they bowl or they'll come right. and do it after they bowl. Yeah. But open play bowlers don't care. Right. They're there to have fun, right? Mm-hmm. So right. so that's that's all we really do. We just focus on trying to offer a real quality product and we keep, try to yeah. really keep it simple. Like um, it's it's yeah. easier as far as finding your help. A perfect mm-hmm. example, the the kid that is now basically our kitchen manager, when I when I t- walked into that center in 2018, this kid applied for a job. He'd never had a job before in his life. He was 17 years old. His mom brought him. Mom brought him to the bowling center. <laughs> and I sat down, I interviewed him and I said, Well, what do you want to do? What do you what are you thinking about? He goes, Well, because I'd sort of like to learn the kitchen. He was getting ready to turn 18. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I said, that would be great. We'd love to train you in the kitchen. So he worked for about a week or so. And uh, he saw me walk through the center one day and he said, hey, you know what I'd really like to learn to do? And I said, what's that? He goes, I want to learn to make the pizzas. So we we taught him how to make pizzas. And he worked as our pizza guy for about two years. Of course, obviously, COVID, we, we slowed down, but we were still serving pizzas to go at that time. So he yeah. stayed on it and was working. And uh, we made some more changes and things. And now he's our kitchen manager. And he's oh, never cool. been yeah. educated on anything but our our way right. of doing things. Yeah. But he watched. So he knows how to par-bake our wings on our busy days yeah. and ready for football day, right? And he knows how to prep up things that we need. And he understands now how much we go through in a week. And what a Wednesday night compared to a Thursday night where we have a full bar of trivia. And what's really cool to see that happen. And I, I think the main thing is, is if you keep it simple enough, you're you're not trying to 
well, I need an F and B guy and I need somebody that did this and I need somebody that did that. Well, for the most part, other than if you get up in the upper Midwest, because Wisconsin, Michigan, states like that have a lot of places that supper clubs and they do way more food than they do bowling, but they yeah. are the players. Yeah, but, that's true. But not a lot of those need full chefs. You don't, Everybody yeah. sort of freaks out because they see some of these other places that have gone into getting chefs, but they're usually in larger metropolitan areas. Right. And it are really you really competing? Things. Yeah. Are you really competing with the other restaurants? You don't want you know? to. Yeah. Yeah. No. You, you don't want to fight their, you're fighting their battle or you're playing their game. You want to play your game. Exactly. And our place in, in South Carolina, we, it took us four years to do it, but now it's exactly what we wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of locals. You can't get a, a, a stool at the bar. Monday through through Friday night because we yeah. have happy hour from four to six. We got people ordering shareables and we have people in there. We 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 do the NFL ticket on Sundays and we average about sixty people every Sunday coming in and watching the games and eating and drinking. And it, it took us a while to get there, but we we just stayed steadfast in what we wanted to be and what we wanted to do. So I think yeah. keeping your food just be really good at. Mm-hmm. We did tacos during, I think it was the NCAA basketball tournament a year ago. We we did, we decided to offer a steak taco and a chicken taco. We didn't even have tacos on our menu, but it was simple, right? And it's easy to sure. do. Yeah. Everybody told us how great they were. So we kept them on the menu. And now we have Taco Tuesday. And we'll get 30, 40 people come in and have dinner at our bowling center to yeah. eat tacos. On a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. on a Tuesday night. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we run specials. We do. We still, we do Monday night. We're not afraid to run a good special. We run Monday night, burger night, which is a basic burger with an L top. Mm-hmm. And then if they want to order fries or anything above, it's above the regular price. We do our taco Tuesday and they have the option of the tacos. And I think that we do a taco pizza type thing if they want okay. to do something like that. Yeah. And then Wednesday night is Wild Wing Wednesday. Shocker, really original right. <laughs> name. Yeah. But, but we get our base. We get our base yeah. that they come in. And uh, so we just keep it simple, man. And I, I think if people just really focus on being really good at something, mm-hmm. you'll be surprised how the the word gets out. And and, and use your bowlers, man. They're, you've got a captive audience Monday through Thursday, man. Mm-hmm. Give out samples. Do something. Let them know how good it is. And right. you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that approach. There's actually a – I'll give you a couple statistics. There's one – fast food company that makes more profit than McDonald's, Burger King, and KFC combined. And they have one quarter of the menu items because they're really good at one thing. And maybe you can guess it, but it's Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And they're open six days a week. Exactly. And they make, they have more profit. Yeah. than all those guys combined, they have a quarter of the menu items. They're really good at making a chicken sandwich and they don't go out of their lane. They, they, they're really good at that one thing and they stick to it. They keep it simple. So yeah, it's proven. It is. It's, it's, it's a, it, and especially in our industry where we're fighting the roller coaster battles of cost, right? Yeah. And we're, they're mispick and not mispicking, but we're, we're having to use other product to fill what we, our normal stuff doesn't come in. Right. Right. So we're, our costs are always jumping up and down. And if you just do the basic stuff, you don't have to, you don't have to satisfy everybody. If somebody wants to get a bowl of spaghetti before they go bowl, let them stop at Olive Garden. But sure. if they want to have a really good burger, then they're going to come to you. Right. They know you have it. Exactly. 
Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. That's good advice. So I know we're coming to the top of the hour and I want to be respectful of your time. So the, the last thing I wanted to go through with you is just kind of where you see things going, maybe the next uh, 18 months, 12 months in the Boeing industry. What, what are some things you see coming down the road or some things to watch out for or trends to ride? Well, obviously, all of us were expecting to see a slowdown. Mm -hmm. We were all told we we're going to have this recession and everything was going to People were going to stop spending money. And I think all of us after January have all said, wow, well, that didn't happen. Right. So obviously business is still good. And I think we just have to stay diligent. I think coming out of COVID did a lot of positive things for our industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate to say this, and, and I'll admit our center was one, just as guilty as anybody. I think if you walk into any bowling center now, you're starting to see centers look cleaner because people mm -hmm. took the pride in yeah keeping the center clean and if you walk into most centers they still have the hand sanitizers up right. and they've yeah. continued so i think it became uh, more of a priority positive. too yeah i think it's a positive for our industry so i think our image is getting better and i think let's give ourselves a little credit let's not just say oh well people aren't working and they're getting free government money and they they don't have anything else to do so they go bowl you know what? Let, let's give ourselves a little credit. We are the place that people can go as a family, have a good time, they can go together as friends, have a good time. And look at maybe we've gotten a little better at what we've done. So mm -hmm. keep doing it, guys. Keep working hard and keep keep making it a place that your community wants to come to. Mm -hmm. I think the, the biggest thing that we, we're going to see, and, and this is due to us not being able to find staff, especially mechanics. I, I think we have to blame ourselves on why we lost a lot of mechanics in the industry. Yeah. Some of our people didn't do a very good job of using the COVID money and keep their employees, right? They told them yeah. to go file unemployment and these guys went out and found better jobs with benefits. Right. And now we have no mechanics. So <laughs> I, I I believe you're going to see the string pin movement come hot. I, I, I suspect that the USBC is going to approve them for sanctioning this spring. So I think there's going to be a lot of decisions for some people. All I can, I know I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm a traditionalist, so I'm not a big fan of mm -hmm. it, but uh, I'm just going to work really hard to continue to try to educate some employees and try to send them to some pin, pin chaser mechanic schools and, and, and try to get my head mechanics to train the replacements. And no, I'm not just going to wait until they're good and then fire my mechanic. But I, I hate that mentality. I wish people yeah. would get out of it. I mean, I have a hard time believing that happens. Maybe it happens with a big corporate place, but uh, most independent guys are going to keep that guy that can fix the machines around as yeah. long as they can, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's going to be another really strong spring and summer. I, I expect summer to be very strong again. I think more and more people are learning now after a number of years of, of programs like Kids Bowl Free and, and other programs that people, they, they've perfected it a little bit better. They know mm -hmm. how to market. They know how to get people to come in and, and take advantage of it. And, and so I, I'm expecting things to continue to grow. A lot of the guys that I talk to are telling me that their league bowling base is, is getting stronger. Yeah, um, I've heard that from a few people. And uh, we're, we're seeing that. And uh, I think if we if we uh, just continue to generate the youth programs, and the one thing that we have in our industry that I think we really, really need to focus on, and I'm, I'm a big proponent, and if anybody ever decides to start a a committee. I will volunteer as much time as needed to start this, but I really believe we have to come up with a way. We have more high school bowlers, more collegiate bowlers ever mm -hmm. than ever before. Right. 
and these are kids that love to bowl and and not all of them are 220 average bowlers man they're just they're just bowling they're on a team which we love to have teams of bowling in our centers right so what are we doing to find a place for these people look at some 22 year old kid coming out of, of college or 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 a 19 year old kid who decides not to go to college, was working a job, but bowled in high school. Does he want to come bowl with a bunch of 60-year-old men on Tuesday nights? Probably not. Yeah, right. So what are we doing to attract these these kids to our centers? And look, there's no magnet that's going to bring them all in automatically, but there's got to be a way to start promoting some programs that maybe are a little bit more late night. And I'm not talking about, oh, $2 Wednesdays. That's not what they want, right? right? $2 Wednesday has been going on, but these kids bowled in a somewhat of a competitive program. Mm -hmm. So they want to find another competitive program that's fun, like it was when they were in high school or like it was in college. So I don't know the answer to it, but I I, I know our industry that if we get the right people on a committee or two, I think we can come up with something pretty cool. But I I just don't think the effort has been made. So Mm -hmm. that's 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 pretty much what I see happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just going to continue to try doing my best. And I love the industry. I love the people in this industry. You and I just met really for the first time this last month. And you yeah. and I are starting to talk about working on things. So right. I, I, I'm excited that there's new people in the industry trying to do new things. And I, I just hope everybody continues to work hard and try to come up with what the next best thing is for our industry. Yeah, it's really uh, quite an exciting time. It's a cool time to be a part of it. I'm, I'm glad that I am. Cool. Well, Mike, I could keep talking about this stuff all day, as I'm sure you could, yeah. uh, but I want to be respectful of your time. If people want to reach out to learn more about either Bull Connect or First Frame or any of the uh, companies you have, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Well, the best way is the best way to connect with me is my email address because I'll get back to you right away is uh, mikebowl44 at gmail.com. And uh, I'll be more than happy to call and talk with you. Or like I said, we have firstframebowling.com. And mm-hmm. uh, Hansel Group, which is connected to that, which is the hanselgroup.com, mm-hmm. and then bullconnect.com, which is bull/connect.com. But if you mm-hmm. email me, have questions about anything, rest assured I'll respond to you and tell you to give me a call and we can chat about whatever you want to chat about. Mm-hmm. And I can confirm you got back to me too. No, yep, I enjoyed <laughs> talking to people about this 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 bowling thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah, I appreciate it, Mike. This has been great. Let's uh, do it again sometime. Absolutely. Anytime for us. I had a great time. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you.